Hey guys, welcome back to Flick Talk with your favourite hosts, Fee and Belle. I'm Fee. And I'm Belle. And today we are looking at Letters to Juliet, featuring the amazing Amanda Seyfried. So, she's not with us. Ado, She's, well, not, she's not. She's not in the episode. She's not. She's, she's not, not with us. No. Episode, but no, we do no. have a surprise guest who is just as important as Amanda Seafried, um, the lovely Lara. Hi guys. <laughs> Drum roll. Hi Lara. It's lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Lara is a oh, film gosh, enthusiast. She's watched mm. more films than the average person. She's watched. I. I'm guessing more rom-coms than the average person and that's why I, I refer to her as Lara Jean who as everyone knows from, mm, from to all the boys yeah. who loved Will Four, which is Belle's favourite rom-com um, mm-hmm. so Lara if you could just elaborate on your kind of love for film yeah so it started when I was 13 discovered my love for films which has been now ages ago cannot tell you that mm. <laughs> um, yeah well, you look I, 13 so it's fine that's so true I know. <laughs> I look so young. I love that you're like, yeah, and... it's true. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you guys are not going to be able to see me, but you can count. That's true. Yeah. So I've watched a lot of films in my life. Um, I since 2017, I also keep track of what films I watched, how many films I watched each year as well. Mm, which my record yeah. year was 250 films in one year. And tell you that that was oh my goodness, wow, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh-huh. Um, these days I just kind of write down what I've watched, but my goal is not to watch as many films anymore because it was felt more like work than actually enjoying it. But I have yeah, yeah, definitely like rom coms are definitely in my top three genres to watch. And oh, what yeah. are your other two? I would just say dramas as well, and just kind of yeah. um, I like superhero films. I'm. I'm that basic. Mm. Marvel. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. And like whenever I screw like scroll through Netflix, I've like watched it, watched it, watched it, watched it, mm. watched it. So it's sometimes a bit hard to find new films, but I don't mind even rewatching some of the films because some of them I have yeah. not watched in years. Like Letters to Julia. I've not watched it in so long. That, yeah. This is the thing I love about Lara is like she literally and I've had this conversation with her like the, like we'll be discussing films and like I'll be like oh my god that film is so unbearable and Lara will be like oh I love it and I'm like Lara sits through every like it's, she's so she concentrates on every film and like it's like the best film ever and I'm just like so in awe because I wish I could do that whereas I'm just on my phone if the film is not interesting enough and that's like <laughs> shouldn't have a podcast if you're going to do that but hey <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's so interesting because it's funny you say that because Lara last last week um last month our um all of our movies were so bad all the movies so that bad. we did were so bad and well, I, I mean, don't even know if you them. could have sucked through yeah like it, literally our last month was the month that we rated all the movies like the poorest and yeah. I don't know if you could have sucked through those like they were really bad well, movies. I see so. for me it's it happened like two or three times where I actually never finished a film and that's not a lot mm. compared to what I watch yeah but like what movies were they um, do you remember yeah so one I definitely remember because I left the cinema it was, so bad. It was that I bad I left the cinema <laughs> I left the cinema and never that never that. happened never, that. never happened in my life and see I went 
in that year I watched quite a lot of films. I also went a lot mm. to the cinema because I have the limitless card. So otherwise right. I probably wouldn't have left the cinema. But I watched Support mm. the Girls, which you know the title yeah. says Support the Girls. Oh, that seems like a good film. It was the worst film probably and top five I've ever watched. There was oh, no wow. storyline. There was literally I could not sit through it. I could not. It's called Support the Girls. Yeah. And I'm very intrigued. Oh, oh it was okay. so bad. I think it's not on Netflix or Amazon Prime. So that's how bad it is apparently. <laughs> but yeah. Um and Lucy in the Sky, which is also a song, but it's I think it's with Natalie Portman. And the film was just mm. a bit too weird for me. Maybe yeah. I didn't okay. find the hidden meaning behind it. But yeah, no. I, I got really bored. And I, I get bored really easily. But I actually can concentrate on films quite good. But in this case, I, mm. I swifted off so many times in my thoughts. I'm like, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't... That. That's just too much commitment for me. Yeah, no, Sorry. I don't think I could commit to that. No. That's probably the only thing um... I commit to. <laughs> <laughs> Put a bung, boom, boom, push. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we. Oh, sorry. Zoom was just being weird. Um. So yeah, we talked about your not so favorite rom coms. Which one? I'm gonna give you three, because we got three. So which mm. would be your favorite three rom coms? Oh, I do love Crazy Stupid Love. Ah, oh, I like that one. I love that's it. I don't know if that's a rom-com, but oh. there is romantic in it. Yeah. It's comedy. It's comedy gold. <laughs> like, the jokes in there is yeah. just incredible. The writing and stuff. Yeah. I love it. Like, there's a It's like Emma Stone and Ryan, Ryan yeah. Gosling. Yeah, I remember yeah, when yeah. it came yeah. out. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. And I cried, laughed. Like, it was, it was really good. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that's fine. That can be your. That can be your. Yeah. So, let's dive into letters of G. Letters. Letters of Julia. Letters Sorry. of Julia. Letters yeah, they are. Julia. <laughs> they are. To Ju- <laughs> tomato, tomato. Letters to Julia. Okay, so um, letters to Julia is a 2010 American romantic comedy drama, um, starring Amanda Seyfried, Christopher Egan. Gail Garcia Bernal, Vanessa Redgrave, and Franco Nero. And it was written by Jose Rivera and Tim Sullivan and directed by Gary Winnick. And this was actually the last movie that he directed. Um, and um, sadly, he's passed away now. But um, he was an American filmmaker whose movies um, include The Tadpole, 13 Going on 30, which is one of Fee's favourites. Mark Ruffalo. And... <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's also worked on films such as Pieces of April and November and um, the budget for this movie was 30 million and it made 80 million so yeah it did it performed really really well mm-hmm. while visiting Verona Italy with her fiance her busy fiance a young woman named Sophie visits the wall where the heartbroken leave notes to Shakespeare's tragic heroine Juliet Juliet Capulet. Finding one such letter from 1957, Sophie decides to write 
to its now elderly author, Claire. Inspired by Sophie's actions, Claire sets out to find her long-lost lover, accompanied by her disapproving grandson and Sophie. And now for the cast. So, um, Amanda Seyfried is the leading lady and um, she plays Sophie Hall. And we've got Christopher Egan, who plays her, um, the leading man, um, who plays Charlie Wyman. We've got Gail Garcia Bernal, who plays Victor. We've got um, Vanessa Redgrave, who um, plays Claire. Franco Nero as Lorenzo. And Luisa Ranieri as Isabella. Marina Mazzaroni as Francesca. Milena, I think, I think that's how you say it. Milena Vukotic. Vukotic? Yeah, some of these Italian names. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Yeah, Vukotic. Yeah, Vukotic as Maria. Um, Luisa DeSantis as Angelina. And finally, Lydia Biondi as Donatella. Donatella. So, there we go. A lot of, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of um, names, but there we go. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of Italian heavy names. Yeah. Um. I'm going to take everyone through the music, which is normally not my section, but I love it in this movie. Um, I know why. <laughs> of course, actually. Thanks for setting me up because I actually forgot about this. Um, so the soundtrack was obviously like predominantly kind of Italian pop, which was mm. very famous during this time. Um, the music is by Andrea Guerrera. <laughs> Guerrera? I'm going to say. So he's an Italian yeah. composer, which obviously makes sense because this is kind of an Italian touristy movie that wants you to come to Verona. Right. Um, he's also kind of known for his film scores of The Pursuit of Happiness with, with the lovely Will Smith. Mm. And it's a really sad movie, so don't watch it right now. Um, Hotel Rwanda and then Facing uh, Windows. Mm. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of go through some of the tracks basically um so as we as we enter the movie it starts with you got me by kobe calais i don't know if i'm saying that name right um but yeah um kobe calais i as everyone knows i don't know if she's country or pop i think she's country pop that's what i'm gonna say but she was again very big in the 2000s um so then you have um un giorno cosi <laughs> So this is when they're driving and when Sophie fought, like wants to, they're going in the scourge for Lorenzo. Um, then they have Per Averte, please if you're Italian, don't kill us and come after us, um, by Franco Morselli. Um, it's when, it's like the instrumental bit when they talk about the map and then, you know, when she takes the necklace and like measures it to the, to the, to the distance of Claire. Um, uh, then they have Quando, Quando, Quando. That's a famous one because I've definitely heard it like around Europe. Um, it's really, it's a, it's a very well known Italian tune. Um, and mm. this is when um, Sophie, Claire, and um, what's her, uh, what's his name, Charlie, um, and the song is heard mm -hmm. while she is driving. Um, I can't even say this name. I think it's Sospisa, um, which is by Malik 
Malika Ayan and Pacifico butchering these names um, and this is when they are on their way to Lorenzo I guess this is the final song um, so the next one is uh, Sono Bugieda which translates to uh, it's the I'm a Believer song by the Monkees mm. which is very famous um, however it's kind of the little fact of the movie as well when you translate it in Italian it literally translates to I'm a liar oh. Oh. so I don't know if that's the perfect yeah it translates to I'm a liar liar which I don't know if that makes sense um, and then of course lastly but not the least we have Love Story by Taylor <laughs> Swift and we're, we're recording this on a perfect day because, um, well, I mean, Prince Philip died, so RIP. But on the other hand, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. You're like, let's quickly gloss over that. That's not important to our podcast. No. <laughs> oh, okay. We are very sorry. We'll, we'll do a mention at the end. The end. Not like the like the royal family is going to be listening to our podcast <laughs> after all they've been through. Um, you never know what Liz is up to. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't want the royal family to listen to us, so please. Um, but it's Taylor's version, which was a re-recording of oh, here we go. album that came out this uh, today. And uh, let me tell you, this version sounds better than the original version. I don't know if you agree, I Lara. Think. But yeah. Guys, if if you don't if you don't know, he is like a, a, a massive Taylor Swift fan. So a Swifty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're just doing thirty seconds. I promise. I feel like they, our listeners there are going to have a Lara moment and just going to walk out. <laughs> this, they're going to be listening and be like, okay, never mind. I Lara love loves Taylor Swift. Swift, okay? Lara's not a hater. Fine. I actually own Belle's actually a hater. Own a <laughs> oh my goodness, wow. Okay. Yeah. So do I. You're a massive I fan as well. Okay. Um, and then the um, the movie ends with what if um by kobe calais and it was the album where she had bubbly on uh, i can't remember yeah, name, bubbly. but there we go yeah um and it was basically a very kind of cyclical way to end the movie um in conclusion i love the soundtrack obviously um not because of taylor swift but i <laughs> love the, <laughs> i love the whole um, I just love the whole like when they're in the um, Italian countryside and they're like do it's like a mix of Italian pop, but then they have like the classic Italian music, which just makes me want to be in Verona, um, which we can't because we're in lockdown for the five hundredth time. Um, mm. So I'm just gonna move on to the facts. Now I was able to find a lot of facts for this movie, as I always am. But here we go. Um, so, the first fact that I didn't know until watching this movie this time while researching the movie. So, Vanessa Redgrave and Franco Nero are married in real life, but they played the famous lovers Lancelot and Gwy- uh, I know the character name, but Guinevere in Camelot in 1960. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the name, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so she was married to someone called, I think it was Tony something. He was also like a famous uh, like playwright and like actor and stuff in in England. Um, and she's basically from this like British acting dynasty. Um, oh, so wow. she okay. is the mother of Natasha Richardson, who obviously oh. very tragically passed away. Yeah. Um, so she. Oh, it's his name is Tony Richardson. He's like a famous actor, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. so they were married, and then um, Vanessa Redgrave met. Franco Nero in 1967 um, in Camelot and then they got married and they have I think two kids or something so I didn't know that but they do make a very cute couple um, Juliet's secretaries really do exist they are called the Juliet Club and they volunteer to reply to letters left in Verona as well as organise events in honour of Romeo and Juliet so this is basically a kind of contradiction to the film where it says that the country pays oh. them to do this um, so it's going to lead me to kind of my next point of the whole thing about the Juliet's balcony being a real thing. Um, so this is actually a real thing um, in Verona. It's a balcony in Verona. Um, so uh, it just basically um, is where, again, people come to... Um, I guess like find solutions for like their love problems and um, write to Juliet essentially and it's called Casa di Giulietta which literally translates to the house of Juliet um, and I mean obviously it's a fiction so it's not a real thing um, but obviously people do are like very inspired by the play and do go and believe in this kind of monument Um so the house was once inhabited by the Capello family, a name similar to the Italian versions of Capoletti, and dates back to the te- 13th century, though the famous balcony wasn't added until the 20th century. The, co- the courtyard boasts a statue of Juliet, and visitors can partake in the popular literal of rubbing her right breast oh, luck in love. Oh, that's strange. That is so gross. Yeah, isn't it also quite <laughs> grabby? Like, you can see where people have been rubbing yeah, it. Yeah, it's oh, very prominent. No. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to say. There's a picture and it's really weird. Um, inside the house, you'll find a small and immensely crowded museum with Renaissance era costumes and the actual bed used in Franco Zeffirelli's 1968 film ad- adaption of the story. If you ever do want to watch a Romeo and Juliet adaption, don't watch all these modern ones. They're rubbish. Please, please go and watch the Franco Zeffirelli's work version. It is, I tell you, the best and the far... Like, I just, I think if you want to get an essence of what Romeo and Juliet is, I think watch that movie. Don't watch the other bullshit that people have been making. Okay, um, so the next fact is a little bit sad. So the hairbrushing scene was supposedly difficult for Vanessa Redgrave to film um, as the movie was made not long after the death of her daughter, Natasha Richardson. And apparently during that one year, like 2009 to 2010, she lost her like brother, sister and daughter yeah, within the span sad. of those months so it's like apparently she had a really hard time like shooting this movie which I mean any human being would have had um, it's really sad um, the part of uh, Claire had particular resonance for Vanessa Redgrave as she too had travelled to Italy as a younger girl and stayed for a period of time much like her character um, as Bell mentioned it was Gary Winnick's last film before he died of brain cancer and I think he also did Bride Wars which is another oh thing. did he um, oh wow I think he did Bride oh, Wars he? and he yeah he did 13 going on 30 yeah um, 
so the idea of the film was inspired by the 2006 non-fiction book Letters to Juliet by Lisa Friedman and Cecil Friedman, which chronicles the phenomenon of letter writing to William Shakespeare's most famous romantic heroine. Um, That's interesting. I never never knew that it was from a non-fiction book. I thought it was from a fiction one. Anyways. Um... This is the second time Amanda Seyfried has played a character named Sophie in arguably two of her most prominent roles. It was also her character's name in Mamma Mia. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always liked the first one. I don't like I don't care for the second one. Um, anyways, um, shot over a period of four months in Italy. So again, it was kind of shot in Verona. Um, I think it was Sienna, that's the name, and then there was another bit as well, and then obviously New York, and um, yeah, so I think it was just mainly those three locations, largely shot in sequence. Juliet's wall and balcony was shut down and tested to film the movie, however, the director found the corridor in real life to be too narrow, so the production team moved across the street to build an entire Juliet balcony set to film, mimicking the real one, only much wider. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if that we can... Okay, I'm going to skip that one. Um, Sophie might not be so good a fact checker at all. So the famous World War Two Times Square kiss picture that she like boasts about in the morning in the in the beginning of the movie um, between the nurse and the sailor was not a love gesture as the two were perfect strangers. So it wasn't really. I what's the word that she used? It wasn't really. Um, so she asked if it was staged yeah yeah so it was so technically it was but technically it wasn't also um but yeah um so i think that's it um so marcia de bonis who is um the woman in the beginning who's like sophie's co-fact checker woman um was also in 13 going on 30 she kind of plays the same role as like a colleague um uh and yeah which was also directed by gary winnick uh jr um ashley lily as patricia um lily is amanda seyfried's best friend and also appears um in mamma mia and till count there are a total of 13 lorenzo bartolini's in the film including the deceased one the son and grandson of claire's lover and the ones that appeared one after the other um this kind of goes to one of my questions who was your favorite lorenzo oh i know which one was mine well it was more the wife than um lorenzo himself the one when they ask if he's lorenzo and then he was like i'm not the correct one and the wife says take him take him take him that's my favorite one as well (laughs) i Um... I don't know i really love that so that's like one of the funny bits in the film I was like I think that was probably the best <laughs> I think that was the best Lorenzo reaction honestly um, I think I like the end with Lorenzo like you know when she's like I can see his eyes okay um, yeah so what was who's your favourite character Belle um, yeah I'd have to agree with both of you as well Claire I just think yeah. she's so sweet and I feel like it's so um, I feel like in the 21st century people are so quick to like relationships don't mean as much anymore 
yeah. I don't feel like people like I don't feel like in this day and age like you see someone like holding on to like 50 years of long lost love so it's just really yeah. sweet to see that yeah yeah so that's so true yeah, yeah. I think um like these days it's so fleeting it's like yeah in like if if we're talking about like the social media millennial era um, mm-hmm. relationships are very fleeting so I think it's so nice to see someone still holding on and um, just like, even the concept of love letters and things like that now it's like text yeah. and like instant instant gratification but back then it was like like pen pals and like sending a letter and things like that I so yeah that. I love that yeah. yeah I love that I want a love letter anyways <laughs> I have to settle for text <laughs> um, I used to get cards. <laughs> I mean, that is literally a relationship when you're 11 years mm. old. So I don't expect anything. Like it's, I yeah, I feel like, oh my god, it's such like a 11 year old thing to be like. This is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend. Anyways, <laughs> ew. I mean, I used to have lot love letters when I was like 11 from my very first boyfriend whatever what that was we wrote actually each other love letters because we didn't want to talk to each other (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so cute (laughs) young love see I think Lara might be good at young love Maybe one of the secretaries <laughs> telling the eleven-year-old to write a note and pass it along. <laughs> yeah, a lot of can, a lot can change in five years. Believe me. <laughs> exactly. Um. Anyways, we're gonna move on. So, Lara, do you have any questions, observations you'd like to? bring on to our table yeah quite a few actually well one yeah um what i kind of observed i don't know for me it was a bit funny or weird that when claire read um the letter sophie wrote her as juliet claire was just uh, um like just like holding the speech saying like with the letter and then sophie was just sobbing of her own words i don't know maybe she was really touched that claire reads her letter but i was like that's so weird like she's sobbing of her own words i don't know maybe she kind of had a realization Mm -hmm. that she should follow her dream because for me i was like that's a bit weird to cry about your own words but then i was like maybe she she had a realization she just actually should follow her own advice but yeah for me that was a bit weird I think but so. Me as well, so. I think so. I feel like it's like answering, un- un- uh, like you haven't asked a question, but you in your head it's like you're answering it yourself. It's like you already know what to do, kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry, I think that's like you're yeah. right. I think that is weird, but like, I think it works both ways. Where she's like really proud of what how Claire has like found her true love, but also at the same time she's saying what if to herself. And like that's why he runs away and like 
wants to spend 50 years without confessing her feelings so that's yeah that's really interesting i love the speech that like i love the yeah i was like like it's see that was true. that was a clever move like to read because yeah, that's kind exactly. of what brought her back together yeah um as yeah. well for me kind of the men in the film i don't know they really annoyed me oh. <laughs> both of them except for or, lorenzo, like lorenzo didn't yeah. like yeah exactly yeah he didn't annoy me obviously yeah. but like charlie and victor so at the beginning victor kind of just took over everything and like decided what they're going to do mm, in the honeymoon yeah. which was basically work for him and then when sophie broke up with victor he said and she said kind of oh yeah we didn't really even spend time in our actual honeymoon and he was like oh because you were writing i was like bitch no no she was writing because you didn't have time for her. And she didn't even, like, argue right. that. I was like, no. She, in that sense, she was a bit not, like, as powerful, just giving back. She just kind of accepted yeah. what he said. I was like, no, I would not. <laughs> and yeah. Charlie, kind of the same. Like, obviously, at the beginning, <laughs> he was quite skeptical and was a bit, like, what if, like, he cared about his grandma kind of like mm. what if he's dead or or if he's married and doesn't yeah. want to see her which understandably yeah but then towards like the end and when he climbed up that fence in yeah and then yeah. falls off and he kind of says then oh yeah we're gonna be together but you live in new york which is ugly i live in beautiful london you're gonna come and move to like to london with me and i'm like no, wait, when did you talk about where she's going to move? Like, yeah. at what point do you not care about her career because her letter, like her story actually gets published in New York? So in what point is she just going to move and just leaves her life behind? I agree. I mean, this is like one of the That's questions a, that we discussed. That annoyed me. Yeah, go on, sorry. So the portrayal of men, yeah. At, yeah, men in this film, like it's yeah, like the men are so like not strong characters at all. Like, of course, especially, <laughs> like except for Lorenzo, but like Victor is such an. I think he's he's such a gluttonous. So I think like he's like just thinking about pleasuring himself, obviously with food and nothing else, and he just like mm. doesn't care about this relationship. He's like more invested in his restaurant, whatever, like. The fact that, like, he doesn't even question that, like, this, his, like, fiance is going on a road trip with some unknown strangers. Like, what if she got kidnapped? Like, it's not the safest place, like, for a young woman to probably venture out to. Um, also, another thing, Charlie, Charlie's the actor who plays Charlie in real life, <laughs> is Australian. And his British accent sucks. Like, it's just <laughs> so horrible. I'm sorry if you're listening, but I don't think you are. But it was so bad. Like that, no. It just, yeah. the way he was like, the way he said awesome and like, I don't know. It just made me like so cringe. It was so bad. Um, and and yeah, like mm. I agree with you. Like he's such, do you know who he reminds you of? And I'm not trying to make a Gilmore reference. He reminds me kind of of Logan. <laughs> I know but like Logan mean. early years like where he's a kind of a douchebag yeah so like Logan is basically 
Bell in this character. He's like a really pompous, like narcissistic asshole in the beginning. I'm Team Logan, by the way. But right. in the beginning, he's an asshole, and he's like, he yeah, he's just very much like this rich white privileged kid, and that's all I'm gonna say. And like, that's what like this guy reminds me of. Like, he literally. Not he doesn't he just cares about himself, but he's just so pessimistic and like maybe I guess that's why they needed somebody like that. But like I don't think he applied it well enough to the character and like I don't think it came off in the way like it was written to come off. Like be caring, be like be caring and protective of your grandmother, but don't be an asshole or like I don't know. It was just really weird. Like, but I think that plays into the whole um. You know, with, like, normal rom-coms, you've got, like, it's usually the girl that's really sweet, really naive, like, like, Julia, and then you've got the guy that's mean or horrible, and then down the line, he, like, changes, and he's, like, a really nice guy. I think it's just supposed to play into that trope of, like, the bad guy or the horrible guy becomes, like, the really sweet guy down the road. I guess so. Like, I definitely think that is the trope that they're going for. But I don't think the guy, Mm. the actor, is successful in terms of, like, like, being a protective... Like, like a well-dimensional character, if that makes sense. Like, be protective. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Be an asshole, but, like... the, the most ridiculous scene and I'm sorry spoiler but like you know in the graveyard scene where he's like what do you know about loss and that dialogue is just so bad like and she just like runs away like I would have given it to him and like if you want to like kind of make this whole thing of they're like they're fighters but they're like lovers too like you know there would have been that mm, kind of intense yeah. chemistry there was like, no passion but there's just like hate love no passion. passion at all even though they kind of were aiming to it but they never expressed it I just don't think that they, like, had that, like, I guess, chemistry that you kind of need in this movie, basically. Um, but, yeah. Um, mm. I don't... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I really don't like Charlie. Either. I wonder if... I wonder if that's more down to direction than, um, than the acting. Because I feel... Yeah. Or yeah. Like... So it's... Or mm. even the script as well yeah exactly like you could have added so many different elements exactly where we kind of portrayed it a bit more in words as well yeah i guess so but i think there's also like they don't have for me there's no chemistry between them like the reason why i love this movie is only predominantly because of this older couple because the their chemistry is just so strong and the this like search for love is so overpowering which is why i love the movie which is why i tolerate like charlie and sophie's love whatever this is um it's not gonna last i don't think it's a relationship that would last later on anyway so like Mm. yeah whatever going to that next question but yeah it is i guess direction and like written like screenplay wise it is their problem like it's their Mm, fault but yeah it has to come out with like the chemistry the chemistry doesn't there's no chemistry or there's a lack of chemistry like i actually didn't make a note of who i would have wanted to see in this except like instead of um the sky but i forgot if it comes up (laughs) or like um as in like casting a different male lead someone who has chemistry with amanda seafood that's channing tatum like dear john yeah channing tatum yeah but like uh, british wise Mm. um oh from the movie with Jack Black, Cameron Diaz, and Kate oh, Winslet. Oh, um, He Law? might be a bit too old. He's too old. Yeah. Too old. 
while we're recasting. Maybe these are the things you could do better. I've not been in a film with her yet, but um, Charlie Hanman, Hanum, what's his name? He would be like, he's also not bad looking, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. The next question is the female relationships in this movie. So there's two, if so, I would count the the secretaries and like the Juliets basically of uh, that group, and then obviously Claire and Sophie. So Lara. What do you think of the female relationships? I really, yeah. I really liked the relationship between Claire and Sophie because Sophie kind of obviously saw her, um, Claire as a bit as a mother-grandma figure. Like, at some point, she really, like, got attached to her and really, like, at first, it might have been just being um, about writing the story, but then throughout the film she actually realized how much she likes Claire and how much like she actually means to her because even though like throughout the film you can see where Claire kind of notched Charlie a little bit to be a bit nicer and kind of figured out they might like each other and she was then also the reason to like to notch Charlie saying listen you don't want to wait 50 years so go yeah so that's kind of she grew into her heart as well like um claire really started liking sophie as well and saw her herself maybe a little bit in her as well so i feel like this relationship was quite a good one i think they had more chemistry yeah (laughs) than charlie and sophie had and in terms of the um um, Juliet's um, secretaries. You didn't see much of them, but they, you could see they like having fun with each mm-hmm. other, just writing and responding, responding to the letters. Yeah. I think it was actually really fun. Like I probably would like working there because I would love they just working eat there. and write and a little bit of gossip. <laughs> That's the adventure I want. It kind of reminds me of. You know when you know in the old magazine, like the old teen magazines, it, um, what's it called? The Ask, agony aunt. You have the the agony yeah. aunt. That's it. It kind of reminds me of like an agony yeah, aunt. That's so but true. yeah, I love the whole idea of like having a sisterhood who like help women get through like their romantic lives and things like that. So yeah. yeah um, do you have any like comments yeah. for the Claire and Sophie? I always forget her name. That relationship. Claire and Sophie yeah I think it's just like Lara said that you've um, you've got like this female figure that she looks up to and it's almost like I feel like it's almost like um, in relation to Charlie it's like don't make the same mistake I did it's like I missed out on my true love like Sophie don't miss out on your true mm-hmm. love Charlie don't miss out on your yeah. true love so I love that it's like glean and wisdom from the generation before mm-hmm. you so yeah, I love that. Yeah, from like a woman that you don't know from anywhere, yeah. and suddenly she's she's able to impact your life in such a dramatic yeah. way. So, yeah. I think I would say I would agree with both of you. I think it's like the relationship is very maternal um, because she has that absence in her life um, from such a young age, mm. and I think in some aspects, I guess Sophie's not used to it. So like, she kind of becomes like 
I think honestly, the re- I, I feel like if she were to marry Charlie, I feel like it'd literally only be because of Claire. Like you get this like two in one, de- like, I mean, I would do that. Like I would literally just do it because of her. Cause you have this such like an amazing support system. Um, but yeah. I think, yeah, I love that they're just so like, like she's like, even in like the beginning when like she finds out that like Sophie's written her letter, she's never like contemptful and like, she's never like, how da- like not how dare you but like what kind of right do you have to like give someone else advice when you haven't kind of gone down a, the similar path and also like when they mm, when true. they yeah when they like like um hit kind of like a bump in finding Lorenzo like she's not like blaming Sophie which like is what someone would do instantly like, like yeah. she's like no, she's like I feel no. like Charlie did that at some yeah, point sorry. kind of blaming Oh, you yeah. did that every stop. So I'm yeah. like, see, that's... On behalf of Claire. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if yeah. she's not so going to do it, I'm going to do it. That's where you see how, like, beloved and strong Claire actually is. And that she was like, "You, I have nothing to lose. I lost 50 mm. years of my yeah. love life, basically. So I have nothing to lose. It's so funny because then, like, Sophie is more of a support mm. and guide than Charlie is. And who's actually supposed to, like, look after her in this journey. Like... Yeah, and, like, she... I think, again, she's, like, the perfect companion, like, to be on this journey with them. Because I feel like, again, Charlie would have, like, just quit after one person. Um, the difference between men and women. Um, on my next point um, of the sisterhood. Yeah, I think I, I... That's, like, what I most enjoyed is, like, they just welcome her. And, like, she just follows this weird lady. And, like, they're like, oh, come sit, eat. And, like, answer a letter. Like, it's just a really nice sisterhood, I guess, that has, like, now bonded them for life. Because she's like made this one person's like dream come true um and again this another reason why i absolutely love this movie so yeah um i think i mean do we have anything else so basically critic wise yeah again it's kind of like your normal kind of like rom-com in terms of yeah it's like it's not like content wise it's really good i think it's one of those movies where like on a bad day you just need to see this movie and it's like it fixes the blues kind of thing which is why i love this movie um so received mixed reviews from critics um reported that the film has an approval of 42 percent based on 159 reviews which is not that great um so the mo- the general consensus is basically it has a refreshingly earnest romantic charm, but it sif- suffers from limp dialogue, dialogue and an utter lack of surprises. I agree with that. I mean, people people liked her as the leading lady. I mean, they mm-hmm. typically it's does that typical thing of it's predictable, which yeah everyone says about rom coms. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, quite a few people liked her as the leading lady. I so think, there we go which is questionable um, but. yeah so Robert Eber um, was aware of the film's genre and how it operates but that he didn't care about that I know the ending is preordained from the setup I know the character characters are broad and com- comforting stereotypes in this case I simply don't care sometimes we have personal res- reasons for responding to a film I think that literally sums up my mm-hmm. <laughs> reaction to this film it's like a no brainer film you don't need to exactly. properly actively watch it to understand what's happening um yeah is this your first time yeah mm-hmm. is this your first time watching this film Lara no um, I actually watched it in the cinema when it first came out with my cousin really oh, so yeah. like what 
I want to know, like, what? How is it different when you watch it now, in comparison to the first time you watched? It? Um, I mean, when I watched it, I don't know. I was so younger and naiver, so for me, it was the best love story ever, kind of almost. Because yeah, I interpreted a lot of films with how your life should be or like how romantic it could be, but then you grow up and realize it's not like that at all. <laughs> um, mm. Obviously, for me, I don't hear the difference mm -hmm. be between like the English accents and stuff. Also, when I first watched it, I watched it dubbed, so there's not the difference you can hear. Also, in like you can't hear his supposed to be English and she's American. You can't hear the difference if it's stopped. So um, for now watching the film again, I did not realize that he, like his English wasn't proper English. I can't, I just can't hear the difference sometimes in film. Um, as well now I see it in a dis different perspective as well. Like I'm much older than I first watched it. So for me, it's like a bit, oh, right. come on now, yeah. like really? It's like we've as seen for, it like, before. We growing know, up, getting like, my own experience going. as well. Like I was like when Victor talked to um, Sophie like that, saying, "Oh, you decided to go and write your story. That's why we didn't spend time together." Like eleven years ago, I probably like wouldn't have said anything, but now my response would be, "Excuse you, <laughs> what did you just say?" Yeah, yeah, very manipulative. It's like gaslighting at some point as well. I feel like. So that's why I'm like, that's different from watching it definitely the first time than to now. Like, I see more things that sh like are, shouldn't be how they are. Like, what I would not tolerate, I, I guess. I, like, so the first time I watched it when, was when I was in, it was in 2019, I think. And I was like... I came up on my recommendations. I was like, I've never watched this, so let me watch it. And it was like, I loved it. I think the first time mm. you watch it, it's just something magical about it. And like, I love the whole like portrayal. I know this is a stereotypical Italy like Italian adventure, and it's like this is not this is not what's gonna happen. But like, I love mm. this whole like like Italian like fantasy, like just like being in the Italian countryside, like eating like bread, pasta, wine. Oh my god! Like that's what you need. And I actually planned a trip after watching this movie to Verona, but to be fair, yeah, yeah, and as well, like the scenery is amazing. That just see the scenery is probably one of the best in the film. Like the best about the film is just gives you that nice warm feeling inside. Like look at that mm. nice scenery, the um, vineyards and stuff. It's so nice. Like. That just wants to be there and feels like you want to have that. So I guess that's definitely, yeah. But yeah, like, again, this is like, for me, like visual comfort food. And I really always enjoy watching this movie. Hopefully after COVID, I'm going to go to Verona and actually go in that, and mm. see that balcony. Rub, and rub her boob. And I mean, right. sure, if I need the luck um but yeah i would um all the pasta all the wine all the garlic bread all the oil love it um yeah so i think we're gonna move on to the rating oh bell do you want to sorry do you want did you want to add on to any of the okay 
Um, uh, yeah, so we're just going to go into the rating, which obviously is out of five. So, ladies, whoever would like to go first. Lara, why don't you go okay, first? Okay, so out of five, I probably would give the film a two and a half. Can we give half? Yeah, you can give half. Yeah, two and a yeah. half. I give halves all the time. I don't know if that's a bit too much, like too strong, like too strict, but yeah, I probably would give it a two and a half because maybe if you yeah. asked me 11 years ago, I probably would have said a three and a half, but yeah, seeing it now, I probably would give it two and a half just because, yeah, there was yeah. a lack of a lot of chemistry and like there could have been a bit more snappier jokes in it as well, even though if it's at some point a bit more serious but there is definitely more potential in there yeah um i completely agree with lara and literally some of the words that you said were literally the words that popped into my head um i felt like there was a lack of chemistry i feel like the actors did as much as they could with like a bad script and a and bad i don't want to say bad direction but it doesn't seem like there was great direction so I feel like the actors were okay, considering it seems like they had quite bad direction and bad, a bad script. So I would give it a 2.5 as well. That was literally the number that came into my head as well. And um, yeah, the chemistry I don't think works. I think um, I think it's forced and I think there's a bit too much cheese. I like cheesy movies, but I think it's a bit too just like you meant you guys mentioned as well the naivety i just think it it plays on that like that trope of like oh the girl's like a damsel in distress she's she she's a bit like silly like you know it's like that that um typical oh the clumsy girl i feel like in this way it's like the typical naive oblivious girl um and they i play, i feel like they play on that too much so i think that um for that aspects as well i deducted some marks and yeah it's just way too cliched and unrealistic yeah i think i'll i would agree with most yeah. of the points as well like it's just too like there's just too many flaws like that mm. i feel like especially watching the movie for the podcast mm. i feel like there's just so much more flaws that come out um yeah there's no chemistry between the two main leads um i think yeah the, i think the dialogue is like for some reason, I, even in 13 going 30, now that I think about it, like the dialogue is not the strongest point in 13 going 32. I don't know if this is a director like trait or like just a screenplay trait. Um, but yeah, I think like mm. some of his movies do have that. I think except with the exception of Bride's Wars. I think that was, a, I like that because it was really funny. Um, That's well done. Yeah. So I yeah. think, yeah, I guess I would one, say yeah. screenplay and like the dialogues are like the most horrible part of it. And then obviously the chemistry, but it is like visual comfort food for me. So I am going to give it a three and a half because of Vanessa Redgrave and Franco Nero. I love the, I just love like stories about old people, love stories, especially. And it's just a very, it was, it was told in a very beautiful way as well. Like, I think it was captured sorry not told it was captured in a very beautiful way and yeah i love the how like the film just kind of like even though the end sucked but like the the way the film was just like kind of very like wrapped up and like yeah i love i just love that they get together in the end and it's very cute and which is why it's one of my favorite movies uh rom-com sorry um but yeah i think this is it ladies um any parting thoughts no, I think that's pretty much it. 
Um, So, um, yeah, so we'll see you next week with another special guest and another special episode. I don't think we'll say it now. Um, Leave a little bit of a mystery. But um, as always, you can find us. Oh, Lara, would you like to plug any social media handles while we're at it? I mean, yes, sure. Um, So because leading to my films, I also post all the films I watched on my stories with numbers as well. So, you know, which film I already watched. Like, I think I'm at the moment on 42 for this year, which is not a lot, actually. But yeah, Um, it is at It's Lara Wilde. Mm-hmm. so yeah don't forget the it's that's a part of it <laughs> yeah. and you can see there's some oh, cool. famous people I've met yeah. yeah very cool do you want to tell a story <laughs> I mean I've not met Amanda Seyfried or Seyfried or whatever <laughs> I've not met her actually but yeah I met quite a few people it's oh, quite wow. hard work yeah it's quite hard work like you queue for hours and hours and hours sometimes um mm. for nothing sometimes you got don't get to see them properly or yeah. they don't take photos with you but oh wow that's impressive good ones like my favorite yeah my favorite is emma stone because i love oh. her yeah what's she what <sighs> you expected <laughs> that's all i care about it's like oh, I heard a lot of horror stories. Not horror, horror stories, the wrong word. So, like, obviously, they're not obligated to give you a photo or a signature or anything. But she's one of a harder person to get actually a photo with. And I think in the home premiere, she took maybe mm. 10 photos and I was one of them. So I was definitely lucky. And I was Aww. like, I could have cried. Like, because you're tired, you're cold. You stood there for 12 hours or so. So, yeah, like, that's definitely one of my highlights. And, like, you obviously don't really get to talk to them at some point. They do sometimes interact a bit more with the fans if they have time. Sometimes they just get pushed to do press because yeah, that's the main that's reason true. why they're there, just to plug their film, to do press and stuff. But I can tell you now, um, and Hathaway was one of the nicest people ever. And she has such a bad reputation, but she's so lovely. Like... At that point, she was pregnant. No one knew yet, but she literally took time to take oh. photos with everyone. Even when she came back out of the cinema, she took photos of the fans waiting there and stuff. So, yeah, she's definitely one of my highlights. I don't know she why she really has such nice. a bad rep. Yeah. Neither do I. Like, generally, I don't. Um, I've heard lovely so nice. stories about her. Yeah. She's one of my favorite actresses. I love her. Yes. She's definitely my top 10. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just the range of roles that she does, but um, definitely. No, I have heard about Emma Stone. Like she's very like, like protecting her privacy, which is, I mean, like whatever, of course. Um, but thank you so much, Lara, for being here, and we'd love to have you on because you're a little film enthusiast. So whenever you want to come on, um, let oh, me know. I can um, hear you now. Whenever you want to do another rom com, let me know. Um, we'd love to have you on, and you've been a delight. Um, but yeah, um, you can find. Thank you for having me. Always, You're welcome. always welcome. An open door invitation. So come back. Um, oh, I'm. I would be delighted. You can be like, I don't know if you want. I don't, we could, we'll give you our schedule and like just pick whatever films you want to do. Um, 
Um, our Instagram and our Twitter are the same. It's at flicktalkpod. Our email is at flicktalkpodcast1 at gmail.com. No hate comments. <laughs> I feel like I always have to preface that. Um, and am I missing something out? You can find us at Acast, uh, Apple, and Spotify as of now. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. So long, farewell. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.